0: Turn your Bible, please, to Isaiah chapter 21, verses 11 and 12. Isaiah 21, verses 11 and 12. Our hearts have been blessed by all the music tonight, and that guitar such a blessing. Thank you, Doug. And the uh, solos and the testimonies and all of it has just been an encouragement. And I want to speak briefly tonight on this subject, Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Isaiah chapter 21, verses 11 and 12, just two verses of scripture. May we pray together. Our Father, we pray tonight for God's power upon the remainder of this hour. We thank you for everything that has gone into this service. And we pray now that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, and that every student here, whatever grade, from the elementary, the high school, the university, people who have gone into careers, and all of the adults and everyone here might be moved upon by the holy spirit that we might respond as god would have us respond lord we pray thou wilt cleanse us from sin and i pray personally that i'd be emptied of self and be filled with the holy spirit that this might be an hour of victory in jesus name amen i came to the pulpit without my microphone tonight and somebody will go get it for me i it would be nice because it's hard for me to not move around. And uh, very, very hard. I want to speak tonight from this subject, Isaiah chapter 21, beginning with verses 11 and 12. Listen to this. The burden of Duma. You've never heard of Duma. You've heard of Israel. You've heard of Edom. You've heard of Egypt. You've heard of Babylon. You've heard of a lot of other places. But you've never heard of Duma. One of those very, very seldom mentioned geographical places in the scripture. He calleth to me out of Seir, Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? And the watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If ye will inquire, inquire, return, come. That's almost a series of... Of just simple brief statements to remind us that God requires something of watchmen. Watchmen, what of the night? What of the night? The night cometh. And over and over again in the scripture we're told that the night is coming when men can work no more. We're told about the responsibilities of a watchman. And I, want to, I'd like, I would like to ask you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 33, and beginning in verse 7, Ezekiel 33, beginning with verse 7, let's see what the Bible says is the responsibility of the watchman, the responsibility of the watchman. Now over and over again, thank you very much, Brother Buster, over and over again in the Scripture, we're told that a watchman has a specific responsibility to accomplish. If we were looking at watchmen today, we would know that watchmen sometimes are secured to watch over uh, buildings at night. And we have night watchmen. We have day watchmen. We have security guards. You can't go very far at Western University without finding security guards. Matter of fact, there used to be just a security over at Western, and now there's a whole police department over there. And uh, all across the city, there are people that watch day and night and so on. Now God has His watchmen, while the world has their watchmen. And all of us need watchmen. Every, our church needs a watchman. We need somebody to watch the building at night so that the thugs that steal our gasoline would be caught and taken care of, and others that break into our building and do certain things. We need watchmen. But while the world has its watchmen, and while we think of various responsibilities of watchmen. The Bible explicitly tells what God requires of His watchman. And it's told right here in Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning with verse 7. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. The responsibility of God's watchman is to watch over the souls Of other people and do you know it's so strange that so little very little is known about that and so little is said about that and so little so little responsibility is accepted about that ordinarily if someone says something to another person why that person could with indignity say that's my business I'll do whatever I want to do I don't live in a glass house you can't tell me what to do I I got a letter just this past week from a young man who was in college here years ago in 1971, 72. And he was very unhappy, and he didn't like standards, and he didn't like uh, convictions, and he didn't like uh, people talking about soul winning, and he didn't like for folks to do this and that and the other. So finally he just left and moved his church membership to another church. And I heard by the grapevine from time to time that he said some ugly things about our church. Well, I'd forgotten all about it. And all the, these years have gone by and this week I got a letter, one of the most unusual letters I've ever gotten, and I'm going to keep it on file. That, it, the letter was from this young man. He lived in, lives in Florida now. I wish I had it with me tonight on the pulpit. The young man said, when I left your church, I didn't like you. I didn't like your church. I didn't like the young people. I thought they were all prigs. I thought they were all Holy Joes. I thought they were all stuck-ups. I didn't, like whether, I didn't like your standards. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. And when I left, I talked about it. I said some ugly things. But, he said, through the years, God has changed my heart. He said, I don't feel like that anymore. Matter of fact, he says, it's been years since I said an ugly thing or even thought an ugly thing about Glendale. And he said, just recently, he said, you probably won't even remember me, but he said, just recently, God laid on my heart that almost everything I believe and everything I know and everything I am in the Lord, I got it there at Glendale from the Bible teaching in the Sunday school and in the training union from the standards. And he said, I want to write you and thank you and ask you to thank the church for what they did for me when I was there. Now listen, you and I are watchmen. Whether we like it or don't like it, we're watchmen. Every one of us in this room has been made a watchman to the house of this city, the house of Western University, the house of the factory where we live, where we work, the house of the work that we do. We have been made watchmen. The Lord said, Ezekiel, I've made you a watchman to the house of Israel. If you see the wicked, if you see the arm of judgment coming, if you hear the voice of God, and you know what's going to take place, and you do not warn the wicked to work, turn from his way, that wicked man will die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Another translation has it his blood will I inquire at thy hand. In other words, Ezekiel, you're a watchman, and you're to be cautious. You're to watch and see what God is doing. See what God is saying and dig into the Scripture and find out what God is saying and what kind of stands God would take and then pass that information on. And if you do not do it, if you do not get the word out, then they will die in their iniquity. They'll die unwarned. They'll die untold. They'll die without knowledge. Their blood will I require at your hand." This year, Western University students, I'd like to ask every university student in this building to stand for just a moment. Would you do that? Every student to stand. Just a moment. This is a good group of students. God bless you. I just want to say a word to you, just briefly. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I want to tell you. Every year that I've lived in Bowling Green, 27 years, as the year begins, some people come to Western, and when they leave, they're dead. They die in automobile wrecks. They die in elevator accidents. They die of heart attacks. They die of being shot. They die of overdoses. They die of various ways. Now listen, you're going to rub elbows this week with some young people who will not live this whole year out. Maybe seated. Thank you. Several years ago, we had a meeting in our church, and we had some students here. And on one night, this young man was in the service. He heard God's message. One of our other young persons had had invited him to come. He had encouraged him a lot of times. been to see him a number of times, but on this particular night, he had almost pled with him to come and listen to God's word. He came. He heard God's message, and when the invitation was given, he came forward, yielding his heart to Jesus Christ. That week, over on the campus, some freak thing happened in one of the elevators, and maybe you've heard about it over there. That young man was trapped in the elevator, and the elevator went up and crushed him to death. I'm so thankful that he went out with peace in his heart, knowing Jesus Christ. Why did that happen? How come that happened? Because some student cared enough to go after him. That's the reason. I've sent you a watchman to the house of Western University. I've sent you a watchman to Bowling Green High. I've sent you a watchman to Warren Central. I've sent you a watchman to the city of Bowling Green. And if you see, the hand of judgment coming, if you hear what God is saying and you speak to warn the wicked of his way and he do not turn, he'll die in his iniquity, but thy blood is cleansed. You've done what you could. You speak to warn him, he doesn't receive that warning. You've done what you could. Now in Isaiah, the theme is Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? There are three particular nights I want to lay on your heart tonight that involve care on the part of watchmen. And I would say that every university student here tonight is a watchman if you're saved. I would say that every high school student is a watchman to the school where you go, whether it be Anchored or the high school, Bowling Green High, Warren Central, Warren East, any of the other schools the elementary schools and I would say that every individual here tonight is a watchman if you work wherever you work at the hospital on Main Street in the factories wherever you are you're a watchman under the house of this city and there are three particular nights that I want to lay on your heart very very briefly tonight and I would ask you watchman what of the night first of all what of the night of depression what of the night of depression People all around us are dealing with depression, defeats, discouragements all around us. Paul had to deal with this. Over and over again, Paul had to deal with depression and defeats and discouragements. There came a time in his life when he said, I was up and down and up and down. And And he said, lest I should be exalted above measure, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. And I asked God three times to remove that thorn in the flesh. I don't know what it was. Some people believe that it was poor eyesight. Others believe it was a lame limb. Still others believe it was melancholy, depression. Sometimes he was greatly exalted. Sometimes he was depressed. He said, God, I want you to remove this thing. He asked me, he asked God three times, please, Lord, remove it. And God said, I'm not going to do it. But I want to tell you, I'll give you grace for it. I'll give you grace. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'll take care of you as you go through the valley of depression. I'll be with you in that awful time of depression and, uh, and, and discouragement. I don't know any young people that don't deal with that. Sometimes we adults forget after we've gotten 30, 40, 50. We forget. We have to deal with depression. I've known people in their 80s have had to deal with depression. People in their 60s have had to deal with depression. Sometimes we forget that young people deal with it. And I want to tell you tonight, depression is more real to young people than any other one problem they have the greatest the, the greatest number of suicides in America today are those between the ages of 14 and 20 almost everyone in this room has known somebody who has committed suicide why they do it almost everybody in this room has known somebody who is depressed and discouraged and defeated and I want to say watchman what of the night of depression first of all when it comes to you as a watchman as a Christian what will you do with depression how will you deal with it curl up in a knot and die go off somewhere and say well I'm just gonna I'm gonna be over here by myself and I don't want to be around anybody I'm not good enough to be around anybody and you curl up and you get closer and closer and you cover yourself more and more as an introvert and you sink deeper and deeper into the mucky quicksand of self what do you do with it William copper had this problem William copper was one of the great English poets and he had the problem of depression I can name you men and women of renown who had terrible problems of depression Charles Haddon Spurgeon was one, the great preacher of England. In his biography, he said, sometimes I had to leave England and go to France and get away for a month at a time so my congregation wouldn't know how depressed I was and discouraged I was. And he said, he he wrote a chapter called The Minister's Fainting Fits in which he talked about God's people, not just preachers, but God's people who have care and compassion in their hearts for others how the very thing that makes them usable by God also makes them vulnerable to the devil to cause him to be depressed and discouraged and defeated. William Copper, discouraged decided he was going to take his own life. Wasn't worth it. He didn't know how to figure it all out. And so He was on his way to kill himself, just get rid of it all. And he passed a little public square where some fanatics were holding a a, a sort of an outside street service. And they were singing. And guess what they were singing? They They had some musical instruments and they were singing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the, on the street corners of England. Copper, listen. He couldn't believe it. He walked on down and God began to speak to his heart. He sought the counsel of a dear friend. He poured out his heart to them. And in that night, William Copper yielded his life to the Savior. Totally. All the way. He had already called himself a Christian. But he yielded himself all the way to the Lord. A few days later, he wrote these words. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that blood lose all their guilty stains. What are you going to do with the night of depression? It's going to come. And university students you're gonna to have to deal with it. there are gonna be days when you feel so dark and so low and so down What are you gonna do about it? I? Feel like tonight I sort of sense that I'm speaking to somebody who has either already gone through this or is going through it Or is about to go through it now. I don't know why God laid this on my heart But I want to ask you watchman. What are you gonna do with the night of depression? I? Want to give you counsel take it to Jesus take it to Jesus and how are you going to deal with others who are going through this night of depression Watchmen, point them to Jesus point them to Jesus he's the one that can change life and salvage life secondly Watchmen, what about the night of vision the night of vision why well, you say vision is a wonderful thing it's a wonderful opportunity Well, I want to read you about a vision that's always amazed me in the book of Genesis, chapter 15, beginning with verse 12. It's about Abraham. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and, lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a sojourner in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age, but in the fourth generation they shall come here again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between the pieces. A day in Abram's life when a Terrible gloom settled over over him a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Why? Because he began to envision Something he didn't want to see Abram was the father of the Hebrew people. He's the father of the faithful He looked forward to building a great nation God said to Abram, I Want to just give you a vision there's going to come a time in your family's life when they will be prisoners And they will be doomed to darkness for a long, long time. Ultimately, they'll come out. How would you like to get a vision like that? Well, I just want to ask you, how are you going to deal with the visions that come to your life that deal with reality and frankness? Everything isn't rosy. Everything isn't a rosy bed of ease. Everything isn't hunky-dory. There's some tough times coming everyone in this room will face some tough times your children won't be what you want them to be your marriage gets a little rocky your financial situation is not as secure as you thought it ought to be you're having a tough time with the grades over at the university or all these uh, term papers you have to do and you tell you, you just can't get it all done and you and you just there's no way to get it all finished and you get so uh so up, uptight inside of you you don't know what to do about it. What are you gonna do when the, when the tough times come? They're coming. Jesus is the answer. And you can't say, well, I'll look up on page 350 in the Bible and I'll find the answer. You might find it on page 350, but I want to tell you, Jesus himself is the answer. Christ makes the difference. And when you invite him into your life and you say, Lord, I want you to be on the throne room of my life. I want you to be crowned king and Lord of my life. Then I can share with others what Jesus has done for me you'll be a kind of watchman God can use. Watchman, what of, the, what of the vision, the night of vision? How will you deal with it? What are you going to do about it? Isaiah called this a burden of the valley of vision. And he cried out, watchman, what of the night? What of the night? You know, sometimes we seem to have answers for all the day problems. We have answers when everything's going okay. And we say, now look, if you just trust Jesus as your Savior, your sins will be cleansed, you'll be forgiven, and so on. And all that's true. And we'll have a home in heaven, and that certainly is true. But there are going to come some tough times also. And watchmen, you've got to deal with it. In your own life and in the lives of others. I want to encourage you this year to go out and be the kind of watchman God can be. I believe God wants holiness, holiness of life. It does make a difference what we look like, what we smell like, what we walk like, what we talk like. It makes a difference what we wear. It makes a difference. Those things in life that are very, very important make a difference. You see, the scripture says that godliness begins in the heart. But nobody on earth can see your heart. Jesus can. The Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart, but the only way anybody else will see your heart is what they see on the outside. And and sometimes people say, well, it's really nobody's business what I do with my body and what what I do on the outside. Well, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you gave away your rights, and you you decided you're going to live in a (laughs) fishbowl. You're going to live in a glass house. And whether you like it or not, people are going to watch you. And you're a watchman unto this world what are you going to do when all those things begin to stir around and you feel inside of you, I don't like life. Look at me. Nobody's business what I do with my life. I'll do whatever I please. Will you really? Or will you do whatever pleases Jesus? Watchmen, what of the night? Thirdly, last of all, watchmen, what of the failure? What of the night of failure? You say, preacher, this is a pretty down sermon tonight, isn't it? No, I just want us to face some realities. What are you going to do with the failures that come? I wish I could say to you tonight, everybody that enlists as a watchman is going to succeed, and you'll go from step to step to step to step. But life isn't always like that. Sometimes we go up and then we go down, and sometimes we go up and we go down. Now, I think God's will is that we, get, we become like a jet plane, that we get on that road that leads toward glory and we go up like that, like that, like that. I don't like to get on these planes that go like that and like that and like that and like that. Do you like that? (laughs) It bothers me, makes me nervous, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) I think God wants us to get on and go on like that. But, sometimes, sometimes we have some failures in our life. and I want to give you two examples tonight. I think the saddest failure that I know of in the whole Bible is Demas. Demas was a fellow worker with the Apostle Paul. Now can you think of anybody more any, any more precious experience other than Judas who was a fellow worker with Jesus? But Demas was a fellow worker with the Apostle Paul. He worked with him for years. And sometimes Paul would write a letter to a certain church and he'd say, now I'm going to bring Demas and, and you honor Demas. Demas is a good man. Demas is a man that honors God. Until we get to the end of Paul's ministry very last lines he writes just before he's to go to the Appian way to have his head chopped off for the gospel of Christ he says one of the most tragic things I ever read in the, anywhere in any history book or in any secular novel just these simple ten words Demas hath forsaken me having loved, loved this present world and has departed into Thessalonica Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world. What are you going to do when people forsake you? What are you going to do when the people that you really counted on the most and depended on the most, they're not, all, they're not right there to take care of you and to help you. They're not there as your co-workers anymore. They're not there to be with you all the time. They, they've disappointed you, and they've, they've, they've stabbed you in the back, or they've wandered off, or they've left God out of their lives. I have a secret book, not only to God. It has a lot of tears in it. And it has some names in it of some people who once were somebody's for God. Carried the load. Went on and put the ball in the basket. And then they stepped aside and got to hankering after the things of the world. And they went down, down saw it what will you do if none go with me i still will follow can you say that if everybody else deserts lord i'm going to follow you i'm going to keep on i'm going to be faithful i'm going to go on with you I thank god for a band of men and women in this church who go on with god and have not allowed the attractions. And the bright lights and the things of the world to attract them and cause them to go down and down and down in disgrace and shame and sin and wasted life some of you in this room tonight you stand on the border of that that could happen to you could happen to me it could happen to anybody nobody is invulnerable to the wiles of the devil we're reminded in the scripture they were to watch the devil. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and he wants to gobble you up and he wants to pounce on you, and he wants to hurt you and lay your honor in the dust. Watchmen. What of the night of failure? When somebody else fails that you've been close to, you going to fail too? You going to quit? You're going to go away? One day? The Lord Jesus was talking to his precious disciples. He told them about the hardness of the way. There were thousands there. He had just fed 5,000. He talked about how the difficulties of the way. And the Bible says in John 6, 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You think of that. From that time, many of his disciples, many of the Western University students went back and walked no more with him. Many Sunday school teachers went back and walked no more with Him. Many who once carried a load went back and walked no more with Him. You think of that. That's what it says, John 6, 6 66. Mark it in your Bible. What will you do when that happens? Will you also go away? Jesus turned to His disciples and He said, will you also go away? And they said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou only hast the words of eternal life. What will you do in the night of failure when your friends fail? The people you'd really counted on fail, they fail you. Almost everybody here has had something like that happen in your life. But I want to ask you this, what are you going to do when you fail? What are you going to do when you fail? Now watchmen to some degree or another, all of us fail God from time to time. What shall we do about it? You know, sometimes when a person begins to slip away from God, it's just barely noticeable. His heart gets cold. He's not very interested in the Bible. He's not very interested in church. He, he still comes because other people expect him to, but he, doesn't, he starts not coming on Wednesday night, maybe. And then he starts finding it easy to miss on Sunday nights. And, and then he's, he's just heart, half-hearted on Sunday mornings. And, and he gets out of the other things, and he quits soul winning and so on. You've seen it, haven't you? Have you seen it? Have you seen those same seeds begin to grow in your life? They're there, dormant. They're there. Watchmen, what of the night when that failure finger begins to point inside to you and to me and to say, it's you. What shall we do? I want to tell you again, watchmen, take it to Jesus. Jesus. Take it to Jesus, quickly. Go quickly to Jesus. Jesus is the answer to it all. Watchmen, what of the light? What of the light? We have a message that can change people's lives, their hearts, their destinies. That message is life-giving. That message is one of love. It's all filled with Jesus, how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. And it's all bound up in Jesus. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded. Jesus will heal you. And he'll cleanse you and forgive you. He'll make you the kind of watchman. His power will give you strength day by day to be what you ought to be take your failures to Jesus, take your hurts to Jesus, take your discouragements to Jesus, take your depression to Jesus, take your friends to Jesus. And by all means, in every way possible, let's go into the highways and hedges and say, beloved, Jesus is your answer. I came back from Louisville one night late, driving down Louisville Road. I came to a spelling station that was over there and. I knew I had a lot of responsibilities the next morning, so I wanted to get my car filled up with gas. And I pulled in there, and I tried to think of it. It was a place out there that had been burglarized many times. And I pulled in there, and I I got out of the car, went up to the guy. I said, "I want to tell you about the most exciting thing that ever happened to me." He, his eyes got bug-eyed. He thought I was going to tell him about another burglary or somebody got stabbed or something. He said, "What was it?" He said. The, he said, did you hear about the burglar we had here? Did you hear about that man that got shot and on and on and on he went, I said, yeah, I want to tell you something, something more exciting than that. I said, what is it? I said, one day Jesus Christ came into my life and changed me and he looked at me. And I said, what he did for me, he can do for you, two o'clock in the morning, nobody there. And he was pumping that gas. I said, let's just stop a minute and let me tell you about it. <clears throat> oh, he was more than willing. And we stopped and just talked. And after a little while, that man had that exciting thing happen to him. Now, I want to tell you, if, if it's real in you, if you're a watchman, if Jesus is real inside your heart, you can tell. You can tell others. And God will give you the strength and the grace and the faith and the power. And when you fail, he'll also be there to lift you and pick you up. Put you back on the road and get you going again and when you're depressed and discouraged he'll quietly be with you for a little while He may say uh, uh, like he did to Elijah take a nap uh, and then Elijah get up and eat a little bit you're hungry take another nap see God doesn't deal with us in a mean way he's good to us he knows what we need and then God said Elijah I've got another assignment for you. got something for you to do watchman What of the night? Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. I wonder how many here tonight would like to say, Lord, I want to be a watchman that's faithful. A watchman who knows how to deal with these various problems that will come the discouragements, the hurts, the visions, the failures, the sins. Lord, I want to give it all to you. Would you whisper that in, the, in your heart to the Lord right now? Our Father, we thank thee for this precious hour tonight. Pray that God's Holy Spirit will now speak to all of our hearts. there's someone here respond and say, Lord, here's my life. I want to be the kind of watchman that can be used by God this year. In Jesus' name, amen. May we stand, please. To be a watchman, it begins by giving your heart to Jesus. It begins by letting Christ become not only your Savior, but your Lord. There may be somebody here tonight who needs to say, I want Christ in my heart. Never received him as my Savior before, but I want to. I want him in my heart. There may be somebody here tonight who would say, I've been saved, Christ is in my heart, but I want to begin this year, this school year, as a watchman that God can use and trust and somebody who knows, who doesn't go into it blindfolded as if everything was going to be a rosy bed of ease I recognize the problems but I'm going to go in it with my hand in Jesus' hand and I'm going to ask him to use me as a watchman to the house of Bowling Green to the house of the area where I am, whatever I'm doing God used me and I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for that task While we sing, I surrender all while we sing that song. What page is that, Brother Jim? 394, 394. Would you turn there? Let's sing that hymn. And as we sing, if God has spoken to anyone here tonight and you'd like to come and just place your life on the line for Christ as a watchman for his glory, you come while we sing.